Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to It's Your Life with James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr., two motivational speakers that are here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. Join James and Ray and get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's your hosts, James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr. Welcome. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. What's going on, JC? Wow, Ray, man. Man, we got a little technical difficult uh, coming out of Dallas, man, so we want to apologize. You know, but, hey, man, everything is great, man. I tell you, it's kind of warm here. Uh, looking forward to this great show. Uh, you know, I'm just, just excited. Man, I'm, I'm excited, too. Now, when we talk about the music of generations, you know, the, the songs that we grew up with and, and danced to, uh, man, we, we, it's going to be an exciting show today. We have uh, Mr. Ralph Tresvan on the show today. And we also have a young up-and-coming artist. Her name is John Day Pierce. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, when I, when I listen to this music, it takes me back to a time when I, when I was just young and free and dancing and have a wonderful time. You know, it, it's good to have that feeling, especially with everything going on right now, to be able to turn on music and just, just kind of change your whole mood. Wow. You know, man, the voices of a generation, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, wow, you know, I tell you, man, uh, I, I'm excited about uh, uh, Ralph and Jada. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this because we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn uh, what happened uh, back during uh, Ralph earlier days with New Edition and what what he's doing now. And, you know, uh, and we also going to focus on what's happening with uh, uh, today's generation. Yeah, you know what? And and uh, as much as I want to keep talking, I don't think the audience wants to hear us that much. They want to hear, hear it from our guests. So I want to make sure that I, I bring Ralph on now, uh, uh, do a little introduction. You know, um, uh, Ralph Trasvant Sr. Uh, you know, y'all know him as Riz or Rizzo sometimes. Y'all have heard his voice on Candy Girl and Cool It Now and Mr. Telephone Man, Mr. Sensitivity himself. Uh, Mr. Boston's finest, you, you know. Um, he has a new single out now uh, called "All Mine" with uh, with my other homeboy with Johnny Gill. So, man, we we so we so excited to have Ralph on today. Ralph, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been a, it's, I've been sitting around waiting to get on here, man. Like you said, we had a couple of difficulties, but it's nothing, man. We've been ready to make this happen. It's yeah, a pleasure. That was a, hell, show, that was a great intro, man. Listen to that <laughs> intro right there. I feel, I feel like somebody right now. <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful, man. So, so I want to I want to take everybody back because I know it's, it's it's a nostalgia type of thing when when they hear you hear your music and hear what you guys uh, you know you guys changed the whole generation. You know, first it was the the Jackson Five, and then the Torch was passed, and New Edition came up and just changed the whole thing. Now you grew up in, in Boston, Massachusetts, man. So, um, mm-hmm. what, what's your favorite mo- movie uh, memory of growing up back then? My favorite movie memory about Boston. I almost repeated what you said. <laughs> know, my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite memory of Boston, honestly, probably was just the, you know everybody. It was it was a it was a tight knit community back then. Everybody felt like they was a part of each other's lives. And growing up, although it was you know it was we was it was hard times. It was coming up in the bricks. With the projects, whatever you want to call it, and it didn't, it just didn't feel that way. It felt like I was in the suburbs, or I was living, living life just as big as anybody with a lot of money and a lot of um, opportunities and stuff. But it, it just felt like 
that community raising each other. You know, everybody had each other's back. You borrow eggs or milk from everybody. You know, it's just the feeling that I had coming up with having so many people around. It felt like it was really a part of my world. And I could go to any of them at any time for anything. That kind of thing was one of my greatest memories. Outside of, um, you know, just starting the group and watching us come from those humble beginnings and slowly uh, start making our mark and being able to, you know, better our lives for our parents and ourselves. It was one of those things that when I think of Boston, I think of those things. There. I think of the camaraderie that we had with all wow. my friends <laughs> and the relationships we had with the different people that grew up in those areas with us. And I think of that struggle and that, that come up, that come up coming out of there. That's what comes to mind. That is absolutely fantastic. Hey, Raph, I got a question. Tell us about how you, you guys got started with New Edition. Well, New Edition was one of those things that at first start we me and Ricky Bell, we were working on a um we were working on a project as a duet. It was called uh, Ricky and Ralph, you know, it was R and R. And we went to a guy named Travis Gresham. We joined a marching band and a part of the marching band uh initiation was to sing, dance or tell a joke or something like that. And so um as we were doing that we were separate and Ricky and I had worked on a dance routine for Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. And so when he saw us, he said, man, you guys, I noticed that you two got when he, you know, after the initiation, he came in and told us that he recognized that both of us had did the same thing. We chose to do the dance routine unbeknownst to each other. And he asked us if we some type of group or something. He said, no, nah, we weren't good. We just like doing routines and we perform them at the different block parties around the way and stuff like that. And he, um, he asked us that we want to start, um, you know, pursuing to try to be in a, a, a singing group. And so Ricky and I started going over his house and rehearsing and putting together demo tapes to send to Motown and, and the different record labels that was out back then, which um, none, of them, none of them came back with us with anything positive. But during that time, um, Ricky, Bobby, Michael, and a couple other guys, uh, Travis Pettis and, uh, and Andy, um, Andy uh, Corey Anderson, they were forming a little group themselves. And they went to Brooke Payne, which eventually became New Edition's choreographer slash manager later on. And they came up with a, um, an idea of doing a group. And they broke up. They never did any any, any uh, shows or anything like that. But year, a couple years later, Bobby decided he wanted to try to put the group back together. And he went to Ricky and uh, Michael. And they, he asked Ricky and them, do we know anybody? Um that could be that would want to be a part of the group, and Ricky was telling them about me and him because me and Ricky was real close at that time. We were, we were best friends, so I joined the group with those guys, and we entered a couple of talent shows in Boston. One called Roscoe's, this place called Roscoe's Lounge, right outside the projects, it was just just about adjacent to it. And so we um we joined we joined that, and from there Travis came down to watch us and said, "Man, I like this. You know, we can put together our own version of like the New Jacksons." And so the four of us started moving around with Travis, went to went back to Brooke. And Brooks, you know, he liked what he saw in us and the ambition that we had. He started working with us doing different songs and putting routines together. And we joined a, a talent show called the Hollywood Talent Night that our eventual producer um, and the guy that wrote Candy, the Candy Girl album, Mari Starr, saw us there. And we entered his contest and came in second, but he said he liked us so much he still wanted to record us. So we went into, uh, I think about a couple of weeks later, we were just sitting around practicing. And I remember bringing up, man, I remember Maurice told us he was still going to record us anyway. Let's just go see 
you know, if he meant it. So we went and showed up at his studio, at his house, basically, and he remembered us. So we went in the house, um, and we started working on a song called Jealous Girl, and he told us to practice this and come back at him. And so we went home, and we practiced it. At that time, Bobby was singing the lead on that one. And so we came back with him, showed him what we did, and as we was rehearse, rehearsing that one, I was showing him, um, you know, what we had learned or that we had gotten the song down, he started playing some other songs. He started playing Candy Girl and another one. And that's when I came on my show, started singing. He's like, yeah, that's the voice I remember from that, from that talent show. And the rest was history, man. We started going every day until we finished that album. He shot the album around. It ended up coming out on a record label called Streetwise Records out of New York. And that's how we hit the scene. Man, that's that's crazy. Like when you talk about that, and you said Bobby was singing uh, 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 first on, on "Jealous Girl" before that was that Jealous was the original. Girl, yeah. Wow, man, that's the original. Yeah, he sung the demo, and he actually sung it on the on the album. He's singing he's singing uh, "Jealous Girl" on the album itself. So yeah, that was the first song that we heard that Marty Starr played for us, and you know he had his aspiration of bringing out a new Jacksons himself. I think him and his brothers at one point wanted to do it, but they outgrew it and all that. They was grown men at the time. <laughs> right, right. So he started going back, I guess, to some of the songs and some of the ideas that he was he had for that type of a project. And those were just, that Candy Girl album was the songs uh, was the album that came out of it. Yeah, man, you, you had you had the unique voice. I mean, like back in the day, uh, everybody was trying to get that high. <laughs> falsetto the voice that you had trying to trying to sing those songs man it was it was crazy and you had a whole different sound that you know it was like crazy to hear that sound and uh you know from coming from boston man it, I, I knew that had to be even tougher i mean everybody watched the bt special but boston wasn't like the height of the music scene i mean you, you guys were running around putting your tapes out and hustling um you know mm-hmm. what, what was what was that like when you first said okay this can actually be a career this thing might take off you know, it wasn't until years later, especially for me, because I had never dreamed of it. It was something that I'd always, you know, around the house when my family came by and learned all the little Michael Jackson records and the Jackson 5 stuff and whatever was hot on Motown at the time, they would play these things. My house was full of music. So I remember loving music and just enjoying mimicking it, you know, trying to learn the songs and do the um, the moves that I saw, the, the different artists that, you know, how they would perform their records. So it was kind of embedded in me. So when the family came by, they do that dance for me, pooping, whatever, whatever. And I would, I would do a song or two for them and they would give me 50 cents or something. I'd go out <laughs> to shoot right to the store, you know, it was that kind of thing for me. But it wasn't until I got into the group and we started actually releasing records that I started feeling like, okay, maybe we are onto something. Because up until that point, it was about around the way, and the girls that grew up around us that I thought was cute and I wanted to impress and show them what we could do and all that kind of stuff was all I had in my head. Wow. You know what I tell you? This is absolutely fantastic. But, Ray, we're going to take a station break and we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Ralph Trez, man. It's your life. I'm James Cooper. This is Ray Little Jr. James and Ray have more motivation and inspiration for life's challenges still to come with It's Your Life. 
Concerned over your income needs in retirement? Left an old 401k at your old employer and considering your options? Goldsmith Financial can help. For nearly 14 years, Joshua Goldsmith has been helping investors towards attaining financial independence. Call Joshua Goldsmith today for a free review. 760-586-5275. That's 760-586-5275. Or visit goldsmithfinancial.net. Goldsmithfinancial.net. Joshua Goldsmith is a registered representative with securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor member FINRA SIPC. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. It's Your Life is Back. For more lessons on life, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Now here's your hosts, James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. Wow, Ray, man. <laughs> hey, man. I, it happens, I, I, it happens, man. I feel like a kid in a candy store, man, <laughs> listening to, you know, Raph tell uh, his story. But, uh, Raph, I got another question. New Edition has several major hits. How did the group mm-hmm. determine who was going to be the lead singer and, you know, what, you know, the, you know, you guys routine? Most of how that was determined was based on the first album. So once we did the first album and Candy Girl was propelled mostly by my voice lead, lead wise. Um, every time we went to a, a producer or when a song was submitted to us, it was submitted with, with that format in mind. So with me as the lead and some of the other guys, guys coming in, a lot of Jackson, Jermaine, and how uh, Jack or some of the other members would come in and sing other parts. It was kind of written like that for us as we went along. And I actually had to purposely start talking to management and the record company about getting the other people, um, the other members, in the group roles or songs because um, that's the that's the way we always saw it. We always saw a group with the style and the vibe and maybe the dance vibe, um, a combination between the Jacksons and the Temps. But as far as parts... We always thought we was going to be trading off like the Temptations, where you had your Eddie Kendricks, you had your David Ruffin. You know, you had the different members that had different flavors that came to the table and made the song happen. So we had to kind of um, kind of push for that so that songs that was being written or submitted to us had that format to it, where everybody had a part. And or at least the album at some point, you heard everybody contributing to it as a lead vocalist. Because that wasn't the intention for me to just be all you do all the lead in the, for the <laughs> yeah. entire life of the group. That wasn't the intention when we got together. That wasn't what we had in our heads. So um, that came about because of the first album and the success of it was so huge um, that all the producers just wanted to kind of follow that formula, uh, that same formula, see if they can, you know, write a, come up with a hit for themselves based on that formula. Right. And and the thing is, I mean, you guys all had unique skill sets. I mean, they kind of complemented mm-hmm. each other. And I think that's why it was such an amazing journey. But 
I want to know because the audience keeps asking me. They they love the history. Um, when you first take off, that first album starts to skyrocket, and you're traveling all over, and you're coming from Boston. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Tell tell the fans what was that like? That you know, it just it just changes so quickly. Your life like basically overnight starts going crazy. Well, it was surreal in one aspect, just, you know, being able to see all of the rest of the world. To me, the world was Boston, and in particular, Roxbury, Massachusetts, was all I really knew. I knew other areas because the family went there to do different things. We, my family's uh, outdoor people, so we did a lot of camping or fishing and just outdoor events and get-togethers that took me out here and there. Some of the, the amusement parks were outside of them areas, so I, I knew that, but I knew the world as being, you know, we started when we was you know, 10 and 11 years old. So the world hadn't opened up to me yet. So for me, that was one of the big things, just watching the world opening up, going to these different areas and parts of the world and people already knew who you was and you knew your name. That was all surreal, but it was a grind, man. Most of the early days we were in little tiny vans grouped up with us, the, the, the whatever the chaperone or the security was going to be during that time. Everybody was, it was tight and we was hitting every city up back to back. I'd be gone for months at a time, just grinding, letting people see our faces, signing records, and you know, in stores and all those kind of things was what was going on back then. So it was, it was a tough grind, but it was also, um, it was just, it felt good because you felt the energy. You felt like it was working. You felt like everything was starting to, um, set in where people were starting to realize who you are and like the group, the record was picking up, the group was picking up. So all those things helped the grind not be such a grind because um, it was working. It, it would be one thing if we were doing all that stuff and there was no, nothing <laughs> wow. happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. But overall, it's, it was just one of those things that felt good because it was working, but it was very hard. I remember at one point when we first started, like New York is where we really broke. The record was being played in Boston where we were at, but, you know, people still looked at us like, oh, yeah, I know them. I see them all the time. You know, I, I run into them at the boys club and there wasn't no special thing happening yet. In New York, we were getting a. We started at one point getting into a limousine, and we would drive to New York on Friday night. And by midnight, we was hitting up all the clubs, all the different night spots, all of the USA skating rinks, and all the different things like that. Harlem World, Studio Fifty Four, eventually stuff like that. We was just knocking them out, Copacabana, and it would be four or five o'clock in the morning when we'd be, we'd get done, <laughs> and we'd hop right back in the limo um, on Sunday. Sunday morning or basically Monday morning and get dropped off by that same car to each school. Everybody would be dropped off at school right from doing all of that stuff all weekend. So it was a grind, man. It was a real, it was a real grind. Wow. You know, Ralph, after selling millions of records with the group, a new edition, why did you decide to go solo? The opportunity was there, you know, and it was something that I didn't really decide. I just wanted to further my music, uh, I just had a lot of dreams and wanted to produce records. I wanted to do things that was outside of the style of New Edition, bring other artists, just be recognized for other things instead of just being a New Edition member. And it wasn't so much being a solo artist as just doing things as a, as an individual, you know, as a man, and starting to um, take advantage of the opportunities that were opening up as we were moving along. And, you know, lo and behold, I was the last one to actually do a solo album. Before my album came out, Johnny was already out. BBD was out, and Bobby had released albums, and I was the last one to actually come out of the out of the camp. But people kind of thought different; like they figured I was gonna, I was because I was the lead singer, was gonna be the first one to launch solo projects or try something like that. But I was actually the last one to do it, 
And because I'm just sitting around, everybody has these huge individual solo careers going on. It's like, well, I don't want to just sit around. Let me get out here and do some things, too, and see if I can make this happen. So that's how it really came about. Although I was working on projects, working on albums, working on records, never knowing where they're going to come out or if they're going to come out as an individual. But I was already in that lane, starting to you know, just stretch out and do other things and see what else was um, what else I could accomplish you know, as, as things were opening up. Man, and you get you guys had you know such major success as as a group and as individuals. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a group that has done that and separated, and all the solo projects worked, and with BBD and, and your project and Johnny and, and Bobby. I mean, it's, it's just crazy how that how that played out. Now, when when you when you look back on that, um, what was it like after you guys went on your solo projects and then came back together to do you know your first reunion tour? It was. It felt good. It felt good because we were so we had we had gotten off. Uh, you know the individual thing. Where now you you have your individual following, your individual success, and it made being a new addition member a lot easier, especially for the other fellas, because now they had their own lanes opened. People knew what they could do and knew them as um, and their talents and what they could do as um as 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 as, as individuals. So when we got back together, it was kind of like when you wear your own clothes all the time and then it's time to dress up for a wedding or something special like that. You put on the tux and you put, you know, you're going outside of your norm. New addition. We we all had a greater appreciation for putting on the suit, the synchronized choreography, the rehearsal and jumping up there and doing that style uh, together again. So it was kind of like you got a break from it and was able to have an appreciation and, you know, just a desire to want to do that again, because we had, did our solo, like you said, it was pretty big. Everybody went out and had multi-product, triple platinum albums, quadruple platinum albums. Bobby, I think, sold 12, 13 million records across the world. It was one of those things that really had been living that life so long that you just felt good jumping back in the suit, doing the, doing the choreography thing, and just doing what we all started out doing once again. It, was, it felt good. Wow. You know, I tell you, as a solo artist, you, you got a project. Your fourth album is coming out real, real soon. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Well, our next album is is pretty much more of what I've been doing. It's just been off the scene for a while, you know. I want to speak to the ladies. That's my. <laughs> I I've got to talk straight to the ladies primarily. Um, I will have some conscious, you know, some social awareness things going on. I want to do some things, incorporate what I saw Marvin Gaye and some of the people I grew up doing. Um, as far as that style of music that makes me want to holler in the city blues, those things, I think I want to incorporate some of that. I'm working with some of my um, favorite producers again, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, LA, and you know, Babyface and stuff, not LA, but Babyface contributing some songs. Some of the newer cats on the scene, some of the older cats that just never left the scene, like like uh, Tim Kelly from Tim and Bob, and just putting together a record about love, inspiration, feel good. It's not so much, you know, and I don't really want to do anything that that's too deep and too serious, but I damn sure want to. I definitely want to tap into what's going on, and let people know that I care and I'm a part of that, and bringing us together in any different in any kind of way I can, you know, through my craft and and my uh, platform. But for the most part, it's 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 a love record, love album to the ladies about love and all types of um, ways that love. Um, expresses itself so that's the album do that so i i want to i want to piggyback on that you know you talk about mm-hmm. the the love albums you know i mean now the music music most music today 
I mean, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. give you that same old school feeling that, you know, you just can sit home with your lady and uh, have a glass <laughs> of wine and relax and, and just enjoy mm-hmm. the mood. Exactly. Like, it, it's all some bebop. There's too much going on. I'm starting to like an old man. But it was, uh, <laughs> you know, when you came out with sensitivity, I mean, that was mm-hmm. one that was just uh, like, like it just took off. It was crazy. So who was who was your inspiration for for a song like that? Um, you know, because because you got you got to go through something to have that kind of soul to be able to sing that kind of song. So who was your inspiration uh, you know, for that kind I, of? I, I honestly think that it was just the pe- the women that was in my life, my mom, my grandma, my sister, the, you know, my girlfriend at the time, the people that was around me. This was instilled in me as a little boy. I was a mama's boy, so I was right up under her and watching and wanting her to have the best and wanting to see her. Um, it was a reflection of how I wanted women to be treated by my view of how I want, how I treated my mother, how I thought about my mother and all the women in my life, you know, that raised me. It was one of those things, but it wasn't something that I planned on approaching. You know, I wanted to come out there and be that cat representing the same thing, you know, the clubs, the booties and whatever <laughs> was going on, the women, yep. you know, but when I got down there in, with, with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, that song was actually, um, a reflection of myself via them. That's how they saw me. And so as we're sitting around, that's one of the things that they used to do. They sit around and before you even record, record anything, you're spending two weeks or so just hanging out, doing things with them, talking to them, asking questions, watching videos, just showing what record, uh, what's your favorite records, what's your favorite, you know, just getting a, an idea and a feel for your personality and who you are. Wow, you know, I tell you, you know, we're going to have to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Raph and bring on John Day Pierce. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. This is Ray Leonard Jr. James and Ray have more motivation and inspiration for life's challenges still to come with It's Your Life. Build a better business today with Launch Team Consulting. Launch Team Consulting provides human resources, change management, and ethics training for businesses and organizations looking to create a culture of excellence. Launch Team Consulting is here to increase revenues, productivity, and teach you how to launch your business to new heights. With over 90 years of combined experience, the staff at Launch Team Consulting can help improve business performance and strategy. Visit LaunchTeamConsulting.com to learn how we strive to help business owners develop a solid foundation and solid building blocks of leadership so that they can flourish. Launch Team Consulting also offers executive coaching too to help business leaders achieve professional goals. Contact Launch Team Consulting at 619-940-6362. That's 619-940-6362. Or visit LaunchTeamConsulting.com. That's LaunchTeamConsulting.com. Putting you on the path to success with Launch Team Consulting. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. 
Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. It's Your Life is Back. For more lessons on life, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Now, here's your hosts, James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr. Welcome back to It's Your Life. Wow, man. Ray, man, we're having a great time here, man. We're having a great time. Oh, yeah, man. It's fantastic. You know, before we go on to this this next segment, I want to thank our sponsor, Goldsmith Financial, uh, you know, for always supporting uh, the show. And... uh, you know, I want to want to get back to uh, some more questions from Ralph because I mean we had a a, a bunch of folks that's on, on here right now that are asking questions. So they want to know about your new project, Ralph. Now, the audience wants to know about your new project and when's the new single coming out. Well, following all mine is the thing that we're trying to do now, right? We're um, in the middle of putting together the album. Um, just finished actually um, finalizing the album deal. So that's pretty much done now. So we've been getting songs and getting records submitted. The next thing is to follow up all mine, the song with, with my big, you know, brother Johnny. Um, the song's doing very, very, very well. So I'm trying to find that right record to come behind it and also something that kind of summarizes the feel of what you're going to start getting when you get the album. So this next single is really important. So coming together right, what I can say is happening right now is a bunch of records being submitted, um, finishing up songs that I already started, and just packaging the product um, based on the success of All Mine and trying to find that next single. So if, hopefully if it goes well, the next single will probably be ready to go going into the new year, you know, going into the new year and following that up with the album soon after. Wow. You know, I, I tell you, John, you have been great and, and continue to stick around because we got a lot more stuff coming from you. But, Ray, tell them about our next guest. Oh, so, you know, we, we, we talk about the, uh, the, the music of generations, and so we have one of the greatest legends on here, Ralph Trezvan, right now. But we also wanted to feature, you know, a young up-and-coming uh, singer, you know, to, to, you know, to try to maybe give a little mentorship and advice because we talk about It's Your Life. We want to share things with everybody to try to highlight you know, the best of everybody. So we have John Day Pierce. Uh, she's a young singer coming out of ATL. Uh, she was actually a track star at Florida State University. That's that's how she started. Uh, no, she has a master's degree. Um, she's a been 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 singing uh, backup for uh, a bunch of different groups. She's opened up for Silk. Uh, she just did the uh, national anthem at the at the Falcons game, and she is going to be a, a dynamic artist coming up. So, John Day, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Hello. show, John Day. Hey. <laughs> Thank y'all for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing lovely. How are y'all doing today? Well, I tell you, we are having a great time, and we're going to continue to have a great time because, you know, the legend, uh, Ralph, uh, you know, he's done put out a lot of good stuff out there, That uh, and I know you are up-and-coming artists. You're already out there, but I'm talking about, but you, you, get, you get a chance to learn a little bit from the legend there. So what sparked oh, your love of music? Cool. I joke around, but my dad whistling around the house. Um, he can't sing, 
for nothing. <laughs> but he can whistle up a storm, and it's just like, and I think that's low key what um, subconsciously kind of start like started me wanting to sing, and then you know church. Um, you know, they make all the kids when they're like young singing in church. And it's just like, okay, you know, she sounded maybe a little bit more decent than everybody else. Let's give her, you know, a couple more solos. And then from there, um, what made me fall in love with music is how it made me feel. Mm. Um, I feel like a lot of people maybe have issues communicating and it's just the music stuff is just so easy for me to like get across. And that's kind of what, what sparked my love in the midst of everything negative going on. I always had a love for music. Even when music wasn't going my way, I still wanted to be a part of music, whether it was writing or singing. So that's kind of what just church and my daddy whistling at 5 a.m. in the morning kind of did it for me. Wow. And so no, you, 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 I know you love the music and your music is, is fantastic. Um, but you you went you went to college and you, you went to college on a, on a track and field scholarship too, right? Yes, I did. So so tell tell us about that because you know you most people are not able to juggle both of those things to be a, a athlete at such a high level, but also be a fantastic singer as well too. So tell me how you juggle both of those. So track um, is a lot. Being a student athlete is like a full time job, and so quite honestly. I would still be writing, but I actually put music kind of on hold for a second while I was in college because this was, you know, it was a lot, you know, your coaches want you to be more focused on, you know, sports because, you know, they're investing in you, which is completely understandable. I would do a couple of things here and there, but as far as really just diving in music, I didn't really get a chance to do that until I left college. Um, so I got back to Atlanta around 2018. Wow. You know, yeah. I I got a question that I know our audience is waiting. As a daughter of a pastor, Pastor Pierce, <laughs> what was it like breaking the news that you would do secular music instead of gospel? So it wasn't as bad because, you know, Dr. Pastor Pierce, whatever y'all want to call him, you know, he was always <laughs> Dr. Pastor Pierce. <laughs> so um, it wasn't hard. My dad in general has always been super supportive of, 99.9% of my decisions, um, which has been great because being an artist isn't easy and it helps having, you know, the support of your parents. So it wasn't too tough for me. Um, we do sometimes disagree on how I communicate. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you know, I want to say how I want to say how I want to feel. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I'm grown and my dad is kind of like, well, you know, just because you think you're grown. And I'm just like, you know. You know, let me say how I feel, how I want to say, how I want to say. And so sometimes we do bump heads on that. But as far as him being, like, the issue of me breaking it to him, it wasn't really anything. He kind of expected it. And he was just like, I'm happy that you're doing what you love and what makes you happy. Because a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do that. So, so. That's that's funny because I know exactly how Pastor Pierce is. So he, he is not one to hold his tongue. I love Pastor Pierce too. So, but as a um, as a young artist just just coming up, I mean the music industry is not easy to break into. And I'm I'm gonna allow you to ask Ralph a question in a second too. But uh, what struggles have you faced trying to break into the industry? Um, who? 
as far as just break, it's just consistency um, and just finding your niche, what makes you you, and also for me, being outspoken. Um, sometimes I kind of just am like, yeah, just let me sing. I don't really want to do the talking. I don't really want to do the behind the scenes work. Just let me sing. But sometimes the business aspect of stuff is kind of what is a little difficult. And just finding the right people um, and people that really believe in your art and your craft. Because a lot of people, you know, they give you convention talks. They're like, yeah, I got you. Like, come to the studio. Or, yeah, you know, I got you on writing the song. But just really finding a good circle that really supports you and is there for you and just people that really believe in your vision. I feel like that's the hardest thing to find. Um, yeah. Dealing with that. Cause it's, yeah, because, you know, if you have the right people around you, that just makes a lot of things just a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it, uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity of a lifetime. You have any questions that you want to ask the, the legend, Mr. Ralph Tresvent? Oh, my gosh. First of all, <laughs> even though you deserve all the gas, let me tell you, I am so... When Ray was like, hey, you know, did you want to do the da da da? I said, yes. It wasn't a thought. It wasn't a hesitation. And um, thank you. I remember seeing y'all in concert when I was in college. Y'all came to Tallahassee. And mm. I was like, oh, this is such an honor to, you know, now I'm on the show with you. But um, I do just what motivates you. Like when stuff is difficult, when stuff gets hard, like when you feel like even now, what what keeps you going and what really keeps you motivated? There's several things, but I think the biggest thing that probably, and thank you for the compliment. I love that. I love that you come to a, one of our concerts. That's amazing. Um, what's motivating right now for me is, one, um, the fan base. And because I have that now, that's a huge motivation. They won't let me stop. The Riz Riders, the New Edition fans, they they want to see you at the top of your game. They want to see more of what they grew up loving about it all and what they feel from it, what they get from it. And I just feel like I'd be cheating them if I cut that short, you know, and just dropped out the game and went to something else. Um, so that's a huge motivation. Um, I think also just my love and passion for music, really trying to add stuff to the, to the game and to the music industry that, um, that inspired me. You know, I still see people coming up like yourself and doing things, uh, trying to be a part of this. And it's just, I feel like the energy that I used to get from the artists that I watched, you know, that I grew up listening to and gave me inspiration. I want to continue to be able to do that and add that inspiration and that, that, you know, that aspiration to, to artists that's coming up, that feeling that I got, like I can do that. or I love that. And, and just continue adding that to the, t- bringing that to the table is a big inspiration. It's a big motivation as well. Um, and it's just what I've been doing all my life. You know, it's, this is me. It's a part of me now. I've been doing it since I was 11 years old and it's pretty much, I know this better than I know anything else. So at this point, it's like, what else am I going to do? You know? So I'm, yeah. I'm inspired in lots of ways, but overall you, you sound very smart and I love, I love your answer just now. Um, in terms of the people you have around you, I took that from Michael Jackson years ago. He said, man, I attribute my success to the people that I have around me, the people that I hire, the people that I work with. They're the ones who, when he has an idea for a thriller video and trying to break ground to do something nobody's ever never seen before, 
they give him the means, they open up the doors, they have the finances to back it or whatever it might be. He has the people, he had the right people around him to see that vision, see that dream and help it come to life. So it's not something that's just in his mind, but something he was actually able to work on, pull it off, you know? And so I, I commend you on that. That's a huge part of being successful. Wow. Always think about your camp. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, we're going to have to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue our conversation with John D. Pierce and bring Raph back on because we got the lightning round yes, coming sir. up. Yes, sir. Last <laughs> round, so get your <laughs> yes, questions sir. in. We're going to rock and roll real quick. <laughs> you know, it's your life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. James and Ray have more motivation and inspiration for life's challenges still to come with It's Your Life. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Concerned over your income needs in retirement? Left an old 401k at your old employer and considering your options? Goldsmith Financial can help. For nearly 14 years, Joshua Goldsmith has been helping investors towards attaining financial independence. Call Joshua Goldsmith today for a free review. 760-586-5275. That's 760-586-5275. Or visit goldsmithfinancial.net. Goldsmithfinancial.net. Joshua Goldsmith is a registered representative with securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor member. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. It's Your Life is Back. For more lessons on life, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Now, here's your hosts, James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. So, folks, this, this is this is the lightning round. Uh, this is the questions that were submitted by, you know, the audience and, and people that wanted to ask some questions. And so we ask it of both guests and just try to get a quick answer and get to as many questions as we can. But this is the last segment. So uh, we're going to get it going. Ooh. So... 
Okay, so, right. so 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 John Day, I want to ask you first. Like, who was your, who was your biggest influence growing up? Uh, that's that's questions actually for both of you guys. Biggest influence, like period. Just period, yeah. Oh man, both of my uh, my parents, honestly, um, yeah, both of my parents. Excellent. How about you? Ralph? Yeah, I'd have to say the same thing. I'd have to say the same thing. My mother and father was my biggest inspirations. Wow, excellent. So. Um, the second question is, if you were not in your current career, what else would you be doing? You want to start off first, Ralph? Oh, me? I don't know. I think I'd be in homeopathic medicine, which I still study. You know, by the last eight, nine years, I've been strong on it. So I'd probably be doing something to add value to people's lives somewhere in that lane. Wow, I did not see that one coming. <laughs> that, that is awesome. That is awesome. You're glad you learn mm-hmm. something new every day, folks. <laughs> How about John you? Day. Uh, for me, I'd definitely be knee-deep in campaigns. I either work on campaigns or I'd be in law. Wow. You know, I, I got one for both of you guys. Uh, we're going to start with you, Raph. What did you sacrifice to be successful in your career? Um, my personal life. Growing up, I was very close with family and quiet. So I think my private life is the biggest thing that got sacrificed. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a very private person to this day. You know, you don't see me at a lot of, of the big parties and functions and red carpet things. It's because I, I separate and try to have some sort of personal and private life away from the music industry. So I think the biggest thing I sacrificed was just being able to stay around my family members and that kind of um, love and camaraderie that we had. I had to break away from that, you know, to pursue this life. John Day, how do you, how do you balance work, family, and your personal life? Ah. Uh. Do we ever really balance it? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just just time management. Um, In high school, I had to learn how to balance being an athlete, being like a 3.9 GPA student, and being involved in performing arts. So just from high school, you kind of learn how to manage, whether it's calendars everywhere, sticky notes everywhere. I'm going to need to try to learn how to prioritize and realize, you know, family um, it's important that, you know, state of mind is important, that mental health is important. So you just prioritize and just time management. Excellent. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask this of Ralph yeah, because, uh, you know, you talked about you being a private person. Uh, now you mm-hmm. live your life on such a big public stage. I mean, what are the positives and negatives of, of having that kind of fame? The positive is that one of you know that you have that type of fame, and with that you're able to take care of your family uh, on a higher level than probably most jobs or most grinds. Um, at the same time, it's trying to maintain it. You know, artists don't have a long, you know, especially nowadays, but it's very hard to maintain that type of success. And the higher you get, you know, the easier or the uh, the, the the view of your fall is in front of everybody, and so that trying to maintain and not have that happen is something that I always felt like it's an undertow to every artist trying to maintain that level of success and outdo your last project and always stay on top. That's something that I think, um, that's one of the, that's one of the cons for it all. At the end of the day, I wish that, um, when I'm doing that, you just wanted to just, once you make that type of success and reach that height, that it's just a given that you're up there, but it's not, it's a lot of work to try to maintain that and keep that all going. John D. What was the best advice you have ever received? 
never let a situation control you. You control the situation. Um, it's something that I live by uh, just in in life. When stuff doesn't go the way you want it to, stay focused. Don't get bent out of shape. Be patient. Um, also, be patient. Whew. Uh, that's <laughs> that's my advice. So, yeah, those are the two, like, best things that I take to heart, like, every day. Yeah, well, you know, you bring up something. You talk about being patient. And right now, all of us have learned how or tried to learn how to be patient because of this uh, COVID situation and, and how it's changed the uh, you know the landscape of everything. You know, there's no real live concerts and things like that, and people are dying to be engaged. Uh, what are you guys doing to keep in contact and to keep engaged with your fans? And somebody wrote up there, you know, can you do a drive-in, a drive-up concert or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, everybody wants to hear you, Ralph. So, what are you what are you doing to stay engaged with your, with your fans? Right now, it's just been tough. It's the Instagram, it's the online things right now. Trying to. Um you know, just find lanes that are online that you can work with right now. We are in talks with people about doing some of those kind of things because we're hearing them surface that people are doing the drive-in concerts uh, where you stay in the car or social distance concerts. And, you know, it's slow, slowly starting to open up. But for the most part, I'm just online engaging as much as possible, keeping people up on what's going on next. And when it, com- when it comes to performing, trying to find the next best way to do that. Wow, you know, John Day, what are you doing? Because I think that in Georgia, they don't, they don't think COVID exists down there, right? So they everything. <laughs> 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 they like, no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, I am doing pretty much a lot of the social media things, IG lives, Facebook lives, just posting content, letting people know, you know, because I got an album coming out in November. Just like keeping people engaged, letting people know what's going on, maybe even post, like just throwing out little snippets. Like, hey, y'all, I still have a voice. I can still hold a note. Um, don't forget, even though we're not really around each other like that. So just like that. Wow. You know, I'm going to change it up a little bit, Ray. I'm going to ask both of them the same question. What one adjective describe you and why? I will start with you, John D. Passionate. Um, for me, is what I think describes me in general, no matter what it is, uh, whether it's friendships, relationships, music, sports, I've always just been real passionate about everything that I do, and I think that rolls over for sure into how I present my music and my writing. And you, Ralph? Oh, me, me. Uh, same thing that my records have been representing. You know, I'm about love, man. Oh, I'm about love. Absolutely. So, speaking of speaking of that love, uh, I know there's a lot of aspiring artists and people that are uh, listening and, and, and watching us right now. Um, what one word advice would you, would you give to someone that wants to crack into the music industry? Is that for me? Yeah, I'll start with you, Ralph. Oh my goodness, run! <laughs> uh, you know, I think John um, Davis. She said it earlier. Um, make sure that you um, you have the right people around you. It's the difference, you know, there's a lot of great talent, great singers, great um, gifts that people have, but they don't have the right people around in the world will never see it or never hear it or know of it. It's the difference between having a, a career in this and just doing it, you know, and trying to make it. I think having the right team is everything. So coming into this game, um, 
I learned a lot about that and trying to fine tune having people who are really great at what they do um, on the, on the same page as me, you know, on my team. And when I have an idea or when we launch a project or when we do stuff that I know the world is really going to get, it's going to get a great uh, chance to be seen and heard. Wow. Um, We're coming close to the end, but Hey, John D., why don't you tell uh, our audience a little bit about uh, your upcoming app? Yay. So I am dropping my first album, and I am super – you can't see my face, but my cheeks are at the top of my forehead. So, <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> um, I can hear your cheeks. We can see you smiling through the radio. Yeah, yeah. So – I'm having my first album. I'm having my album release party um, November 1st, but I'm actually dropping the project midnight, November 2nd. Um, it's called Face the Facts. And it just is the journey of that pretty much my past year and a half. Uh, it talks about love. It talks about heartbreak. And it just really comes from a real place. I wrote about 95, 98% of the project. So it's really just coming from a real like a real place and like the producers were amazing. Everybody that helped me with the project, they're amazing. So I'm just super excited about it. And it's my heart on my sleeve. And yeah. Awesome. Go awesome. ahead, girl. Congratulations. Yep, do, do your thing. Do your thing, little mama. So uh well Ralph, uh tell everybody when they can expect you know, your your new uh album to come out or and and where they can find uh you know uh, all the new product projects that you're up to. It's coming out 2021, sometime in the early uh, months, hopefully. Everything works out how it's supposed to, and so far, so good. Um, so on all the social platforms, man, you Google Ralph Tresvent, you'll find me, and you'll hear what's going on. Between me, the company I'm working with, uh, my big brother's company, he's, and, and the people he have on that staff, and my Riz Riders, you'll know about it, man. It's coming. It's just Google Ralph Tresvent. It, they'll wow. put you up. You'll find where I'm at. Yeah, the Riz Riders are deep. They, they, only, <laughs> they, they say they're riding for you for sure. You know, Ray, I mean, I hate this time, man. We're coming to the end of the show today. It's been so much fun. And I've been watching all the comments from our listening audience, man. Ralph, uh, man, I'm looking forward to your new album. I'm a big fan, brother. I'm a big fan. Thank you, James. I appreciate it, JC. Yeah, John, uh, you know, I can't wait. I heard uh, a little bit uh, of doing uh, a break, and uh, I'm excited, so I really appreciate you all taking the time to come on our show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's been oh fantastic. Thank you all so much. I, I thank you all so much for, for being on. Uh, glad to call you guys friends and family. And, uh, you know, I think the audience really enjoyed it from all the comments that we're getting. So um, we wish you all the best here in the future. Just everybody stay safe. Remember to get out and vote. And uh, there's another another episode of It's Your Life is coming to an end. So uh, you know, we appreciate y'all. Thank you for watching. But we want to thank our sponsor, Josh Goldsmith, Goldsmith Financial, for making this happen. And we are always looking for more sponsors to help us continue to bring this great message. You know, I tell you, thank our listening audience. Thank Raph. Thanks, John Day. Thanks to you, Ray. And I tell you what, next week we got a terrific show. So tune in and watch it. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. Peace, y'all. See you next week, same time.
Join James and Ray next week at this same time for more It's Your Life, where you'll learn how to dream big, think big, and be big. For more about James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr., how you can support the show or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Come back next week at this same time for more motivation and inspiration on how you can become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. 